Well, welcome to the very first edition of Ride in the Storm Out with a couple of Baptist ministers, and we are going to uh, talk about issues of the day, but with a distinctly Christian slant. Uh, we hope that you'll follow us. Go to our tagline, Out Riding, and hope you'll follow us every week. My name is Paul Blair. I'm a pastor. been 21 years, an ex-NFL football player, and with me, my good friend and co-pastor at Fairview Baptist Church. Yeah, Dan Fisher. Now, you said we're ministers. I'm a preacher. Ministers of I am a preacher. Ministers of destruction. <laughs> yeah, I got you. We don't have very many preachers anymore. No, yeah. You know, I, I'm Paul, I'm excited about starting this because, yeah. you know, there are lots of conservative programs on the air. People like Glenn Beck, Sean Hannity, Mark Levin. We're, we're probably not going to share information that they haven't already shared. They have a lot better research uh, uh, assets sure. and people helping them. But... Yeah. What we intend to do is to bring a strong biblical, yeah. uh, kind of a pastor's yeah. view of these things. Well, it's, it's, you know, we've got a unique angle. We, we, you and I are both uh, quasi-students of history. Yeah. We're both yeah. quasi-fans uh, of politics and government. We both have been students of the Bible. I don't use ever use the term theologian. I don't think anybody's mastered the Bible. Well, I wouldn't use students, it for you, for sure. <laughs> students at <laughs> <in> different degrees. <laughs> and, and we also uh, are students, uh, are, have a, a certain understanding of eschatology oh, and end times. And, and a lot of what we see today really blends together and certainly seems to dovetail. So the things that you and I are able to bring the discussion are certainly unique. And then, of course, you and I are students of our heritage, going yeah. all the way back to the pilgrims of and course. the great influence of Christianity on these United States of America and why we have been to some degree or another exceptional. Well, it's not only that, Paul, but you and I are engaged yeah. up to the eyeballs. <laughs> I mean, we we actually live out the Black Robe Regiment yeah. uh, mentality, yeah. which you know, eventually we'll get into in greater depth, I'm sure, in one of the programs. But so we're really engaged, and we bring an engaged pastor's view, not some uh, pious living in a yeah. monastery, yeah. Uh, you know, pristine pastoral view. And to top it off, you and I are a little rough around the edges, and so <laughs> that helps edging, just a little bit, think? doesn't it? Hence the <laughs> ride in the storm out yeah, name exactly. of the program. You exactly. Know, I thought, we had talked about doing something like this years ago when when Obama was in office and trying to endure eight years of, of the uh, of the instigator-in-chief, yeah, eight years of hell. And then, of course, we got into the Trump administration and things certainly stabilized as far as our country. We had energy independence. We were back uh, on top of, of uh, basically bringing uh, a lot of, uh, a high degree of peace in the Middle East. Well, because he loved America, exactly. He just loved our heritage. a president that actually loved America yeah, first. Yeah, yeah, he was proud of America. And now, of course, we've got the O'Biden administration and quite frankly, Dan, I don't think I had ever imagined that it could be as bad as it's gotten as quickly yeah. as it's gotten. Yeah. But this program is liable to save my marriage because right now, <laughs> every night I go home and I'll turn on Tucker or something like that and I'll wind up yelling at the television yeah. and my wife's tired of hearing it. So you and I can vent to sure each other on behalf of the audience and they can yeah. enjoy our venting. Well, we yeah, and, and you know, the, the thing about it is, Paul, these guys, the mistakes that they're making, and today we're going to kind of be focusing on the Afghanistan debacle, mm -hmm. uh, what some are calling a catastrophic success, if you can put those two <laughs> words together. Um, what this illustrates, I don't think people can be this dumb. Yeah. 
You know, some are kind of saying, well, you know, Biden's mentally diminished. I think that is true. But there is no way that people could make these kinds of mistakes and as many of them as they're making and not be diabolical. These people, I'm just going to go out and say it. These people are wicked. Yeah. And I think they hate the essence of what America was at least founded to be. I think they really hate the gospel. They hate Christianity. And it seems to me that they're doing everything that they can do to give us a black eye to the whole world and kind of really flipping the finger at God, just well, to be honest it, it, with you. you. You remember after Obama took office, he first thing he did is he traveled the world apologizing, oh, yeah, apologizing. for America. Yeah. Now, now, buddy, you and I have talked about this before. I, I get so tired of people knocking down America. Yeah. You know, man is so wicked and corrupt in his nature. We know from a biblical historical perspective, you go all the way back to Nimrod, and man has ultimately tried to rule the world. Yeah. You got you got Nimrod, you got you got you got uh, Babylon, you got the Media Persia, you got Greece. You got Rome. You got Alexander the Great. Yeah, You've got absolutely. everybody. You go up to the last century. You have Stalin. You have Hitler. You have others. Everyone's tried to yeah. rule the world. Yeah. There has been one country in world history that actually had the ability to rule the world if it wanted to. And we didn't. And we didn't. I, you know, when you look yeah. at America and where our heart was right at the end of World War II, and if there was ever a country that had its face on the dirt begging God for intervention, it was after December 7th, 1941. Oh, of yeah. And and we, we rally the call. And I know my father was one. Dad was a, just a farm boy at 16 years of age living in Cherry Valley, <laughs> Arkansas yeah. when we were uh, uh, unprovoked attacked at yeah. Pearl Harbor. Dad immediately went down and enlisted. He lied about his age. Went into the service at 16. <laughs> and of course he was kind of a big guy so he could maybe yep, kind of get away, away with it a little bit. Dad gets in there and, and we had men just like him across the country and in three and a half years we go from being sound asleep, just minding our own business, being unprovoked, attacked yeah. out of nowhere and we go to war on two fronts against two professional armies and we win yeah. and we are the only country on the planet with the atomic bomb. Yeah, could have used it. Absolutely, we, had, we had all the military might yeah. and we are the only country that had the atomic bomb. We had the ability to be numero and we could have run the world but instead yeah. America sent missionaries and America rebuilt yeah. the world. We did. Don't tell me. Now we have our flaws but don't no, of course tell we me do. that America is a terrible well, uh, the, nation. There are some of my friends that get hung up on the idea of American exceptionalism. Okay, we don't mean when we say that that we're more exceptional than other people. We're not talking about individual value when we talk right. about American exceptionalism. What we're talking about is America in history is kind of the exception to the right. rule. Yeah. We are exceptional in that for a little over 200 years, we have carried out an experiment on individual liberty, self-governance, republics that typically never last very long because they're so right. fragile. You know, Benjamin Franklin says, we've given you a republic, ma'am, if you can keep, keep it, it kind of thing. That's that's what we mean by exceptional. This has been uh, out of the norm. We, we have been able to experience something that just a little fraction of people in history have. And that's why what is happening, for instance, in Afghanistan right now is such a shock to liberty-loving people, mm-hmm. to Christians in particular, that that the, the, the level of, of um, I almost want to say insipidness or incompetence, yeah. but I think it's more than that. As I said initially, uh, evil is going on. And so that's, that's why we think this program can be useful. Right. 
Because we can maybe bring a, a kind of a pastor's, preacher's, biblical view uh, but about this kind realistic, of thing. But a very realistic, where well, the rubber meets the road type yeah, of thing. Yeah. yeah, not a pious kind mm-hmm. of thee and thou, useth and youeth, but, well, <laughs> you, you know. You mentioned, I think you hit the nail on the head. As we look at Afghanistan, and we've talked about America. Again, America is not perfect, but America no, is not. exceptional. We have horrible flaws we've in our history. 245 years of being the freest, most prosperous yeah. uh, country that has affected the world for good. Yeah. I mean, there's a reason why you see Cubans get on little life rafts coming here or trying to cross 90 miles of yeah. the open ocean sure. to come to America because America is exceptional when compared to other countries. Well, of course. There's a reason there are people trying to crash the Rio Grande going north and yeah. not the other way around. Everybody not going south. Those people that live outside of America know how exceptional America is. Not perfect, but we are exceptional. Paul, all we got to do is travel outside the continental yeah. oh. U.S. Where on earth? Now, I, I'm not a world traveler. Mm-hmm. You've traveled outside the country more mm-hmm. than I have. Where on earth, if you could choose to live anywhere, would you choose to live? America. I know. <laughs> I know. That's, that's well, my think, point. You know, you go to Israel. I've been to Israel every time. I've been to Great Britain, been to Japan, played in Japan in football, and also in Great Britain in football. And a luxury hotel room in one of those other countries, even a country like Great Britain yeah. or Japan, is tiny when compared oh, to... sure. You go sure. to a, 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 a Hampton Inn, and the accommodations are larger and more luxurious <laughs> than a four-star hotel yeah. in downtown Jerusalem. So America has been exceptional. And, and it's like a rising tide lifts all boats. Because we have been exceptional, even what you would consider poor in America or poorer in America is, is wealthy. wealthy compared to the oh, rest yeah, of the yeah, world. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. No, there's no question. So, And that's what makes the deal with Afghanistan so troubling. Yeah, 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 yeah that's nuts. Because so, as you said, we couldn't have accidentally done it. it was, there's no way know. that you mm-hmm. can make this many dumb mistakes. <laughs> These things are intentional. So let's talk about it. Okay. Okay, so yesterday, President Biden goes on the air. TV, radio, you name it. And he brags about what a successful thing, that this is the most successful airlift in history, that America has pulled off one of the greatest feats mm-hmm. in modern history, if not in complete history. Now, what's your response to that? I don't know what he was watching. <laughs> this was the biggest nightmare. And as a matter of fact, you listen to the world leaders from other countries and their response to how bungled this oh. was. I mean, don't tell me this was a success when we're hightailing it out of town at the last minute, leaving ten, perhaps tens of thousands yeah. of Americans behind. No, it's exactly Not only right. that, but Afghanis that literally put their lives on the line to try to help the United States of America in their effort to liberate Afghanistan. Now, we hightail out of there. We leave who knows how much cash we left behind. Oh, yeah. As sure. well as some 85 to 90 billion dollars worth of war material. And it's, it's top-notch war material. It's not all used up, worn out stuff. Now, by the Apache way, Apache helicopters and all that stuff. You can't be trusted to own a machine gun. No, of course not. Not here in the United States. Because I can America. misuse That's that. That's right. You can, but, but however, we'll give 300,000 But we'll give it to the, the Taliban. Taliban. And the Taliban can be on Facebook and Twitter, but, <laughs> but President, uh, Trump. President Trump can't be, <laughs> or doctors that are just using their expertise to say, I don't agree with the CDC. They're, they're banned. But now, if you're Taliban, you're okay. <clears throat> I was listening, by the way, sorry about the voice in the throat, but I'm battling this uh, ragweed stuff that's going on in Oklahoma right now. 
Dan's okay. got COVID. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm going to give it to you, buddy. Okay, so you've got Nigel Farage, who, yep. who led the Brexit effort in right. Great Britain. He was on Beck's program yesterday or the day before. I can't remember. And one of the things that he was talking about is how appalled the British people are. And you understand the British people lean left. So appalled at what America has done and how we've left our allies, Great Britain being one of the, the more significant ones, just flat-footed. Mm -hmm. And Beck said, what can we do? And he said, well, maybe we could start with America offering an apology. Mm -hmm. And so Glenn did the right thing, and he said, well, on behalf of America, I want to apologize. Can you imagine how we actually look to the rest of the world? <clears throat> so, so our president is under the delusion, or he wants us to be under the delusion to think that this is one of the greatest mm -hmm. things that's happened. Now, one of the things he said yesterday is he said, it was time for this war to come to an end. Do you know anyone who disagrees with that? No. No, I, I think we're all about that. He said we didn't want to be bogged down in Afghanistan. Well, I didn't know we were. Mm -hmm. uh, until the terrorist bombing a few hours ago, yep. Yep. Uh, we lost more people yep. in that than we have in 10 years in Afghanistan. We hadn't lost a soldier, I think, in 18 months. We weren't bogged down. Yeah, everything was under control. So, so no one mm -hmm. wanted this war. Now, then he says that 90%, most people didn't catch this, but he said 90% of the people who want to leave Afghanistan, now he's talking, of course, about Americans and mm -hmm. allies. Now, can you imagine any American or any ally or any Afghani who helped us not wanting to leave <laughs> Afghanistan? Yeah. And he says 90% of them uh, have been evacuated. Okay, let's just take him at his word, 90%. So let's say, because he's claiming that we've evacuated mm -hmm. over 100,000 people. Mm -hmm. So if the count was 100,000, that means that we left 10,000 behind. Because mm -hmm. 10% of 100,000 is 10,000. So what if it was 150,000? Well, there's 15,000. See, they're lying to mm -hmm. us about a couple of hundred people. Come on, give me a break. And what's amazing is over the course of the last week, literally from day to day, and then listening to that Pasaki on the radio. Oh. From day to day, the story changes. First, it was, it was well, we're going to leave people behind. There's nothing that can be done. And then with the, up, uh, the, the outrage from the American public and the world, oh, well, no, 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 we're not going to leave anybody behind. Oh, no, right. And then yeah, at sure. the end of the day, it's, well, we only left 10% of sure. that number behind. And what is yeah. that number? I don't know, 10,000, 15,000. Well, Even if it was one. It, well, if it's we one, used it's to too have many. a policy, you'd leave no man behind. Well, you've heard that the, the Afghani that saved Biden and mm -hmm. John Kerry, uh, they left him behind and he was begging for them to take him the guy that saved their lives mm -hmm. not that long ago they just they left him stranded <clears throat> and I don't know if you go ahead I'm sorry well I'm just gonna say a commander uh, uh, of the 82nd Airborne his text messages were released today probably unintentionally mm -hmm. and uh, he was saying that while three empty jets were sitting on the tarmac, yep. there were Americans and allies standing there waving their yep. papers. Pass they were free yep. to go, and they wouldn't let them on those jets, and those jets remained empty, and those people had to go into hiding. You know, there is a, I believe, a good case for treason on many levels. Oh, of course. Because there is no doubt this was greatly now, Are we talking about Trump and a bad phone call? <laughs> no, I'm talking about Oh, you're talking about this! the administration at this point in time. Oh, my goodness. And I don't know how this Pisaki can get up there every day and try to save face and literally talk <laughs> down to the reporters. And whenever they ask her an honest question, or and by the way, I, I, do you remember the last four years, you've got all the members of the media that hated it. Trump. 
Yet Trump was always available. And answered every question. Going out to the helicopter, to Marine One, to go in. He would stand there for 10 or 15 minutes and just take questions. Didn't avoid anything. And they were normally about Russian collusion. (laughs) And this guy's up there right now. When he can manage to follow the teleprompter or read his script or call upon the right uh, member of the media that, that he's supposed given to call him a call list. He knows who. The, you know, prearranged question and answer. Yeah. As soon as that's done, he can't begin to turn around and shuffle off stage quicker. Pasaki the same way. Where are the members of the media crying outrage on all this? Well, the, the same place that all of the women's rights people are uh, with all these women in Afghanistan who are now going to be abused and persecuted and murdered, many of them. Where, where's the, the, the women's rights gals? Yeah. Where were they when they were attacking um, Amy yep. Comey Barrett Tom, and, and, right, yeah. and all these see the, the, these people are total hypocrites but you know there was an open mic incident a few weeks ago where Pelosi and Biden were being interviewed and they Biden finished what he was saying he said now I guess I'll be willing to take uh, some questions if anybody has them and Pelosi didn't know she was being heard and she said no yeah and they cut him off yeah yeah. Well, because he don't know what this idiot's going to say. He didn't realize what he'd been told to do for the day. I thought he was president of the, uh, the commander of the free world. But, uh, well, you know what? It, it brings me back to this. We have all these, and I'm sure we will talk about them in future episodes. But, you know, in when, when, when Obama was elected to office, uh, that's the first time I had ever heard the term community organizer. Oh. I'd never, I'd never yeah. heard of it. We didn't, didn't know, know what, what it was. was. But we managed to elect a community organizer that at the time that he was elected, 43% of the white population in America Vote voted for, for Barack Obama. Now, don't tell me that we were in favor of his policies. but That's systemic we, racism, by the way. We had knocked down the race issue <laughs> to such a degree in the United States of America that 43% percent of white voters voted for a guy that was marked or that was certainly socialist but you realize that means that there's 57 percent that are white supremacists <laughs> you do understand that don't you <laughs> but after eight years after eight years of diminishing america and you look at where we were oh. that's, that's what set the stage for a guy like trump and by the way I was not even a Trump fan. Yeah, I was mean, actually I, a Cruz supporter. Yeah, I was a Ted Cruz. Exactly. Until. And, and I was, I didn't even watch Trump's television show. I don't even remember the name of the show, yeah. The Year Fired Show. I, I was not yeah. a Trump what, fan. What was that? I uh, and I, like you, was a Cruz supporter. Trump wound up being a nominee, and I wound up voting against Hillary and voting for Trump. But he absolutely impressed me. Oh, my gosh. And a guy that truly loved America and did his best to promote freedom. And after four years, the world was as stable as it's been. Sure, of course. Because, quite frankly, there is evil Especially in the world. America was. Yep. There are bad bullies out there. Well, of course there so are. So you've got to have a good bully well, somewhere evil to world. counter the bad bully. Well, and let's clear up something. We've yeah. got just a little over a yeah. minute left, and we're obviously going to have to carry yeah. this conversation on to the next program, but we will. It's, that's the beauty of this thing. Okay, let's talk just a moment about uh, Trump. A lot of people will say, well, you know, I'm not sure that he was a Christian. Well, obviously, I would prefer a Christian, a born-again Christian, mm-hmm. as the president. But we have to remember, we weren't electing a pastor. Right. We were electing a president. And, you know, I, I, I'm not all that big of a fan of, of George Patton's morals. 
But I think we needed some guys Absolutely. like George Patton in World War mm-hmm. II. I think Trump was exactly what we needed, and we obviously needed a second term. So I, I wish Christians could kind of get it together and realize that we don't have the perfect world, and we can't sit and say, well, I'm not going to vote for someone else. They're born-again Christian, and everything lines up. Everything may not always line up. Right. They just won't. But my gosh, what what a tremendous leader he was. Do we miss Trump now? Boy, I do. <laughs> if, if, if it wasn't for Trump being out of office, we wouldn't be writing out another story. Yeah. Well, but see, just just imagine what damage his tweets would still be doing. <laughs> Might be offending somebody. Oh, Hurting yeah. some feelings. Yeah, yeah. You know, but now you know, he'd be taking care of Afghanistan, but boy, those tweets. Along with those hurt tweets, we'd have who knows how many thousand free Afghanis, That's exactly and, right. and we wouldn't have the desperate situation. We wouldn't have those those American soldiers that are now coming home in caskets. No, of course. No, of course. And and they're going door-to-door murdering. Well, let's stop right there. This is, this is a good place because I think we've kind of used up our time. So why don't we just call a time out? We'll pick it up next time. And let's do it the next time, and let's talk more about this because I think there's a lot more stuff that we need to talk about, don't I you? I have a feeling you and I will never run out of conversation. Well, no, but we may not. We, we may run out very quickly of things that ought to be said. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining us for yeah, our very thank first you. podcast. I am Paul Blair. This is my good friend, Dan Fisher. We are two pastors. We pastor Fairview Baptist Church in Edmond, Oklahoma. And you've heard our very first edition of Riding the Storm Out. You can follow us at, at Outriding. We hope that you join us every week for our podcast. Until next time, God bless you, and may God bless America. Amen. And Oklahoma.